said that you don't have a fear label or a shame label anymore. Correct. That's super cool. And I would like to start off on that when we get a chance here. But welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay. I am joined by my co-host, Gary, today. How you doing, brother? Great. How you doing? Living the dream. Living the Excellent. dream. And uh, we are joined today by Brigitta Visser. And she is a self-empowerment coach, a light configurator, and works with light beings to the aid of humanity. That's something that a lot of people will not understand, but I think they might yeah. understand what I was speaking about before. You don't have fear responses or shame responses. And I think that that's kind of a backbone to everything that it is that you're about to discuss with us. Yep, that's a good point. Hi, um, well, hi, Jay, first of all, and Gary, thank you for having me on the show. Oh, it's so great to have you, actually. Thank you. Thank you for uh, for taking the time out to speak with us. Absolutely. So can you explain to us what brought you to being a self-empowerment coach and speaking on these topics? Um, I say a lot that just like the seed requires a ground to grow, yep. in order for us to become the most authentic and reach our highest potential, we have to hit the ground as well. So can you tell us what that juncture was for you and when you started this path? Wow. Well, you know, I always say it's quite funny. I always say before I incarnated, I must have been off my face because I must have ticked, ticked every, every, uh, every, you know, box on the piece of paper. And then, of course, I was born and, you know, we, we, we can't remember anything. We get whacked in the head because we come in cold turkey, right? And so I signed up for loads of trauma and I thought, nah, this is going to be cool. It's going to be taken, you know, it's going to be walking the park, but it wasn't, it wasn't. And, um, but you're talking about the juncture, right? Correct. Of where my life changed. And that was probably the start of it was in 2009. Um, I have very traumatic experience. I, you know, I've had toxic relationships, but I really just wanted to, I, I, I needed a change in my life. And the only way I was going to do that was take responsibility. And that was because I put the blame on a lot of other people, even though I wanted to change. And it was a process. It didn't go overnight. And so I started off with Reiki healing. And uh, that was actually my saving grace because I'd been to see a counselor. And, you know, counselors, have, you know, I mean, this one just told me I had one session and she just said to me, oh, you'll be fine. You know, you're strong enough. And that's like a cop out to me. It has its place. I think it's foundational. I think it mm -hmm. creates or opens a door that allows you to have a certain amount of self-awareness or maybe begin yes. that discernment path where you start yes. to realize that shame and fear responses are generally what drives life. Yep. So that was... So I studied a lot of healing modalities and I actually did heal myself, but it, it's not like it went overnight. I always say you're like an onion, right? And every experience, you peel back a layer, you cry and, and you have to go through the hell of the experience, right? To, to expand your awareness. And then you get the next experience and the next one and so forth, right? But the more you become aware, the easier life becomes. But I had to study many healing modalities. I was like a sponge bob for knowledge. And I really wanted to get better. That doesn't mean that my bed was, not my bed, my life was a bed of roses because it wasn't. Because, you know, I, I, I fell into the abyss again, so to speak, where a spirit presented me with someone else. Different setting, different country. And uh, that was very traumatic for me because it was, uh, this person isolated me. What I asked for this because without it, right, without it, I and without his possessive behavior, I would not be who I am today. Mm. So and, and through that, I actually was in such a deep hole that I asked spirit for help. And uh, I, I, I got it in the form of this breadcrumb called combo. And combo is a shamanic experience, right? They do it. Um, it's ancient. It's um it's where you have the Amazonian, well, Amazonian tree frog, uh, tree frogs or monkey tree frogs. And what they do, what a shaman does is they, uh, either on your arm or your leg, they burn like four points away on the top of your skin. And then they, um, they put the po wait, poison, 
of the uh, monkey tree frog on these points. And what it is, it's so physical, so physical because you purge, you purge, you mm. purge on all sides, right? You run to the toilet, but you purge in a bucket. And so that was very, very physical, but that was, it tore me inside out. It was like I was pulled apart. And um, that was the second part of my, my, you know, my healing journey where I became actually far, far more aware. And, um, and, and then it's one of the, another, um, I had three sessions altogether. It sounds, and it gave me... sorry, I, I think it, it sounds similar to the, it's like the, the fast road to a longer term meditation practice. It's, it's something that allows you to, with meditation, yeah. my explanation for this is a rope and knots. Life's experiences can be knots or they can be nothing. And if you're mm-hmm. a length of rope, you tie knots in yourself over time. And what yes. happens to a piece of rope that's been knotted over time turns into a big ball of mess, right? And it's yes. useless, which is a, yep. great for the analogy because you're useless when you take all those experiences and you store them and you put them inside of yourself as that rope. And meditation is untangling those knots one at a time. It starts out slow, just like with a regular rope. But as you get deeper into that knot, it unravels faster and more. What you're describing to me sounds like somebody came up there with like two claws, grab the knot from either end and snatched it loose. <laughs> like it worked, but it sounds terrifying as hell. You didn't describe like a fun process. You described yeah. food poisoning. That was rough. You know, I will tell you, when I went in, I had no expectations because that's how I always go into healing, right? Sure. Uh, but I was like, oh, my God. And the shaman had to help me to the toilet. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. But at that point, I just didn't care, right? No, you but, can't. No, no. But I did, I did so many other things. I mean, I, you know, from that point on, I, I put a bucket list on my fridge. Oh, and, next uh, to the bed, too, if that's your practices. You need a bucket there, too. <laughs> <It's rough. laughs> These experiences yeah. sound like they require some form of uh, <laughs> tools to keep yourself in check. No, but it gave me so much clarity. So, you know, my stepdad passed away in 2000 of cancer, and I had oh, promised sorry. that I would run for hours. Oh, he's fine, fine out there, but thanks. Um, and I promised that I would run for charity, like, you know, and um, that remained the figment of my imagination. So I did it 16 years later where I started running. And I did a lot of running out in Florida when I was living out there, but um, I was scared of heights. So I went skydiving. Um, Zephyr Hills, know, I, I, by chance, in Florida? Is that where you went skydiving? Yeah. yeah. It's about five minutes from my house. We had uh, Mike Tallarico on the other day. He's a skydiver there all the time, a friend of ours, and he was had a whole show on it. Um, I don't know why I assumed it was that one, but it's just how life works. Yeah, that's funny. Yes. So I think I still have video somewhere. And uh, oh, my gosh, I'm not, I, I couldn't even speak jumping out of that plane. And uh, it was it was scary, but I did it uh, as soon as the shoot opened. It was fine. And uh, it, it's just amazing, you know. That is the benchmark, How, right? I mean, if you're jumping out of yeah. planes, the benchmark is the opening shoot. Like, yeah. you're going to have for. that. <laughs> Definitely want that. That's my first requirement. I'm looking for that every time. <laughs> but it's funny because uh, you see life from above, right? And everything's so small down there. And your experience are your experiences are kind of like that. Because when we're in the thick of a traumatic experience, so to speak, and we can't seem to find a way out, when you look at it from above, it seems so minute, right? And it's like, you know, why are we so worried about it? You know, why do we get so absorbed in our own drama and in our own experiences when we can easily let go and move forward and look at things from a different perspective? It's that whole people are starving in other countries scenario. Mentally, eat your, you know, clean your plate because there's other people that have it worse. Yeah, absolutely. That is very true, though. So I did these things. I, I, I went hand gliding as well. Loved that. Wasn't as scary as jumping no. out of a plane. No. That seems like it'd no. be scarier to me. Yeah, that sounds way more terrifying. No, way more terrifying. Strapping myself to like a paper maneuver. airplane does not sound like something <laughs> I want to do. 
<laughs> Everyone I folded did not go the direction I wanted it to or intended. And I assume that glider is going to do the same shit. It's going to start spinning, hitting walls. <laughs> it's going to do everything wrong. Uh-uh. Nope. Yeah, when you I'll jump, it's like birds. Yeah. You're going to land or you're not. The maneuvering's worse, I think. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. But I would probably know, do it. Um, from that point on, I mean, I, I, I even did a workshop. I walked through the Akashic Record healings. So I would walk through my past lives to understand my life and the people in it in this life, the characters I had chosen. But that's what opened me up to channeling and finding out more about myself and returning more to my authentic nature and understanding life because I asked so many questions to, to the many light beings up there. And that's why one of the reasons now I... Whereas when when I was younger, you know, even in in adulthood, because of everything that I've been through, because I've been through, uh, um, you know, abuse, I starved myself, uh, you know, I lost my dad when I was fourteen, and I was bullied at school because I was so skinny, right? And so that just because I didn't heal that, that trauma bit of trauma created another bit of trauma and another bit of trauma, and I carried that in the archives of my mind, so to speak. So when you call it the knots. Right, I call it you. You just archive everything in your mind, and it just it becomes too full, and uh, everything just pops. Yeah, don't forget we discussed earlier epigenetic. You know the things that you carry on those past lives. We're describing the same thing when you talk about because people. I, I feel like that there's descriptions that people use for the same things, and in these scenarios, when we talk about past lives or light beings or all these different things, they're epigenetic. They're part of mm -hmm. us. They're simply where we've descended from. And we maintain a certain amount of that in our DNA physically, DNA energetically, all those things. The reason why your kids got the attitude that you've got without even being together. It's because there's a certain amount that goes on with that. So when someone discusses like Akashic Records or past lives and all these different things, I like to explain that that's no different than the lineage that comes before you. It's just Correct. ways that are interpreting it. You're absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. But I will say, you know, as, as we talked about this before, yes, so I have no more shame label and no more fear label. Whereas in the past, oh my goodness, I was fearful of everything. I had no self-confidence, no self-worth. Yet I soldiered on. It didn't matter where you put me on this planet. I would always work because I had that mentality. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I, I was a doormat for everyone. It's in big letters is that welcome, you know, please cross the threshold. I will help you. I will fix you. Right. But I needed to fix myself. And so eventually years and years later, I, I, I did because I, like I said, I had to take accountability for my actions. It wasn't like I could blame other people, right. For my misery. Mm. But I created that, right? I'm the captain of my own ship. That victimhood safe space, too. It's yeah. really easy to sit in that situation. It's harder to step across the threshold because then you have to have self-confidence. And self-confidence lives right behind that fear of judgment. It's it's a yeah. vicious cycle that you sit in. I, I sit in it with the yeah. show. I sit in it with it artistically. I'll have friends tell me to do things that I've been wanting to do forever that I won't do because of the fear of judgment, um, either by myself or someone else. So I discuss it all the time. Mm -hmm. Artistically, we're subject to the fears that we have from our earlier experiences in life that prevent yeah. us from reaching our full potential. And yeah. it's amazing that you don't have that fear and shame, you know, issue that the rest of us are suffering through. But I'm sure you've got it, but have learned how to live and manage it and recognize it in the moment. I think that's what we have to explain to people, too. It's a work in progress at any given time. Absolutely. But then we are all working. We, we, are, we are continuously and we are ever evolving, right? And we're always a work in progress. It's never ending. It doesn't mean I'm perfect, you know, because I'm not. I've got my flaws, of course. Um, but I can talk about stuff very, very openly. Whereas in the past, I couldn't because I, had, I was just ashamed of, of the things that I had gone through. But why should I be ashamed? You know, why should I have that fear? Because I'm sorry, we're only we're only here temporary, right? We're temporary visitors to this place. And we're here to 
expand our awareness to the experiences that we go through. Mm. So why should I be bitter? Why should I be judgmental? Why should I hate people? And have all these negative emotions when technically speaking, we are love, right? We are love. That's our divine nature. And we are here to return to a love of ourselves and each other, right? We live in the separation of the ego. And this ego, as I always say, is mm. this cup at the door of our soul, right? And it's um, and you feed your mind and it feeds the e it feeds the ego because I mean there's so much going on in the world out there. I don't even have a TV anymore. I got rid of it. I don't care really what goes on in there because we get programmed, right? That's the thing. Mm, the house of mouse, that's where we live. Everything when you turn it off, it goes away. <laughs> sorry, sorry. When you turn it off, it goes away. It does. Like, not a worry anymore. That's not a the concern. same thing with your emotions too, with with connection to your surroundings or your traumas or whatever it is that you're experiencing. It's literally what you decide is real. Yep. You could shut it off. Yeah, you can't see it as an illusion. You know, it's what we perceive to be so real. I always say to people, you know, what's real? Your soul is real. Your experiences? No, not really. They're just here to expand your awareness and to make you understand what life is all about, right? Because life is like this cosmic game of evolution. I always say this. It's like this old game of, uh, of life, this board game of life, right? And you roll the dice and you're on your merry way. What you decide to do with your life, that's up to you. But there is no wrong or right in your experiences. There really isn't. It's people that may judge you, but actually, does it matter what people think of you? No, it doesn't matter what people think of you. It is what matters what you think of you. You know, I kind of, one of the things that I was rolling around in my head the other day was, Kind of similar to what you're discussing and that for people to judge someone else, they have to have made a decision to either act on something they don't understand mm. or they know it's true and it's something that they're capable of as well, but they have the ability to prevent themselves from acting on it. And for that reason alone, they should understand that whomever or whatever that person is is not yours. It's not your experience. It's so bizarre how I feel like we know that it's possible and it's easier to judge people for being the first one to succumb to what we've deemed as bad. And you're in trouble because the cops are on their way to your house right now. What did you do, Brigitte? Oh. <laughs> what did I not do? <laughs> oh, it's my house. <laughs> But you know, you 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 hit on an important point there because we're all reflections of one another, right? So if you tell me I'm a piece of crap, then you know, obviously you need to look at yourself in the mirror to see why you're calling me a piece of crap, so to speak, right? It's very black and white because there's obviously something within yourself that you need to heal. Especially if you grab onto it. If crap rung your bell, then you're doing something that's crap. Crap won't ring your bell if you're not doing crap. Simple as that. (laughs) It's only going to stand out to you. There's a reason why people fixate on the LGBTQ community. It's because it's ringing your f***ing bell. If you got a problem with it so bad that you need to make it your reality 24-7, guess what? (laughs) It's your crap and it's ringing your bell. Yeah. Yeah. That's another point you hit on, right? There are so many, oh my God, the world is so divided. And it's like, it's like, you know, when, when, when my guides have said to me, like, well, Brigitte, it doesn't matter what nationality you have, right? It doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't care what, what, what the color of your skin is. Like, honestly, I think that's so, that's so divisive. That's that apple pie that gets divided time and time again. Because you know what? Our soul, the light within us, is the same as everyone else's. There is no difference between us except our physical appearance, and that's it. And that's still an interpretation. Yeah. But that is actually that is actually the truth. I mean, you know, we are, our souls are are the same. We're cut from the same bark of wood. All of us are cut from the same bark of wood. You judge somebody, you take something away, whether you know mm. it or not. That's one of your knots. That's one of the knots in your rope is judgment of somebody else. The moment you yeah. look at somebody else and you judge them, you're causing pain within yourself for the long term until you come to terms with it. It's yeah. it's a shitty situation. That's a silent killer. I think that's cancer. Cancer's judgment. <laughs> Could be. 
part of it. Judgment. So now, my dad always, and um, this is from when I was very young and before he passed, he always used to say to me, Brigitte, when you walk past people on the street that are, you know, homeless or people that are sad or whatever, then just bless them. And I still do that to this day. I bless them and I just say, and that's it. That's how we should look at people in those situations. They're a reflection of ourselves. The only reason why we won't look at a homeless person is because then we have to admit how good we have it. And then we have no excuse for not helping them because our situation isn't so fucking victim-y, is it? You know, when we're standing face-to-face with the guy that's, you know, got a shopping cart and no meal and is cold standing outside, it's easier to judge him for what got him into that situation than it is to go, I could be in that situation too at any given moment. So it might be a good idea to help him out because twofold, you judged. If you walked away, you took it with you anyway, or you could have just helped. And which I don't understand, fucking helping people is the coolest thing ever. I've never been pissed when I help somebody. Never yeah. been mad that I gave somebody something. Never been mad that I've, you know, charity. Always feel ecstatic. It's like a fucking gym. We'll use every excuse not to do it until we do. And then we're like, fuck yeah, I did it. We're happy we did it. It's so weird. We hate being happy. Yeah, I think it's like, a good point. <laughs> it's like there's, there's guilt involved with that. And like, and there's also like the fear of like, it's going to end, mm. you know, like, some people like have a, a fear of success because they feel like once they've had that success, they fall back to where, you know, they started. That's going to be, you know, worse. I think we trick ourselves into doing a bunch of things that just make no sense. Yeah, that's, you know, that's another important point you made there. But, you know, the mind is the most powerful tool that we have because what we think we create, you talk about emotions, right? Emotions stand for energy in motion because we're energy. So we create, we constantly create and express ourselves. Mm. And then it's like, it's like, well, we, and often when we try and manifest something, right, we think not that we've already achieved it in our heads. We think, well, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. But you need to start with the end goal that you have already manifested it and then make the steps towards that. And it works. It does work. We give strength and tension to spider webs. Um, yeah, we do. We let it bind us through our connections to our reality to such a degree that A, we'll want to be there and we think it's safe and B, we're trapped there and we think it's not safe. But at the same time, while we've given it tension, it's imaginary tension mm-hmm. and at any given moment, you can literally put your hands up in the air and spin in a circle and all this shit doesn't exist anymore and you can walk a different direction and create a whole new spider web of reality. This is how I feel about this person. This is how this person feels about me in my mind's eye. This is going to be my career. This is going to be my mask. This is how I'm going to talk. This is how I'm going to run around. We don't realize how easy it is to change those things. That's the fucking game. Do you ever realize when you were playing make-believe as a kid, you could be a cowboy one minute and a doctor the next? Guess what? It just comes with a bunch of fucking extra rules now and a whole bunch of people that don't want you changing that shit because that means that they have to or have the capability. Hold them in place. Otherwise, we all have the the ability to do, you know, anything with our lives. Excuse us. Yeah, but you know, yeah, absolutely. But people forget, oh my God, they have forgotten how powerful they are because they have disempowered themselves. Because, you know, technically, I'm sorry, we're all divine alchemists. Oh, wait, but if I'm a divine alchemist, that means I can create anything, right? Your magnetism. Uh, yes. You bring everything yes. to you. There's yes. there's only two forces at the end of the day. It's, what is it, diamagnetic or some shit like that, and then magnetic? It's two things. We pull everything to us. We don't ever look through what is actually out there. We draw it all, every single bit of it, to that one point. We're super powerful, and we never respect the fact that we didn't need to pull it to ourselves ever to begin with. It was already there. All we have to do is just look. Look around. We're in fucking heaven. Heaven is consciousness and awareness and discernment. That's all it is. Because we're making our own mud pies. We're pouring water inside our fucking sandbox and then complaining about the mud and then trying to, I don't know, fix it with more water or, you know, adding kitty litter to soak this up and do all these other fucking things. When we can yeah. just get up and move to the other sandbox. 
that's that's funny you make that analogy because I wrote about that in my book about the sandbox that we keep mucking Check about in up. the same old sandbox. I usually read the books I did not get to hear, so I'm glad. But I feel like this is a collective understanding and that the further you get down the path, the more the analogies start to mesh together and they make more yeah. sense. I love to hear cultural perspectives on the views that I have on reality that you can look and see that religion's not far off in just about all of it. It's just how we interpret it. It's the yeah. life we give it within our mind. There was, uh, when I was out in India in the Art of Living Center many years ago, I, um, uh, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, I loved him because he's very, he, he taught me the art of breathing and mm. breath is super important, yes. and especially in meditation as well because it recenters you. But he said this, he said, the outer skin of the banana, the banana peel are all the religions in this world. And the banana itself, the fruit, is spirituality. Mm, I like that analogy. I use the pizza. I say that all religions and spirituality is a pizza and that mm -hmm. each slice is a different viewpoint or religion with a different topping. This one's got anchovies. This one's got pepperoni. This one's got fucking sausage. But they're still all a pizza. And they're all pointed to the damn middle. And God's actually that little fucking tray that keeps the box from slamming on it. Whatever the hell that thing is. <laughs> Looks like a miniature. Yes, I hear you. <laughs> Someone invented That's that. Probably made a million dollars. It, but it's still pizza. It's still spirituality. We're yep. all telling the same story just through different lenses. Yes. And that's why the other analogy I like from uh, the Ascended Master Saint Germain, it's like, uh, you know, Alice in Wonderland, right? You tumble through the, through the rabbit hole of Alice in Wonderland when you face your demons, right? And you do the healing work. But then again, wasn't the Wonderland in Alice all along? Mm. I think the Wonderland is slapped out of us at some point in our childhood, whether it be like a light tap or a right hook. That's the precursor to how you're going to address life later on. Yep. It's how you come to consciousness. Because I don't think that we have much consciousness for those first few years until we're kind of pulled out of it. I feel like we're actually manifesting machines. And if we left children alone, they would probably start doing some amazing shit when we weren't looking. Um, however, we like to mold things in our image because we don't want anything better than us. Um, just as good, but not outshine or whatever the fuck it is. That's the societal matrix, right? That paradigm. It is. I call it, you know, you know, everything is such in, in the wording. I always say terra is earth, right? And we live in this terrarium, right? We live in this glass box and we've been chucked in this glass box and we're trying to figure life out. Mm, I like that. And it's odd that it kind of fits with the word terraforming, you know, moving from one location to another and recreating a new reality or bio reality, whatever it is, but it makes sense that I feel like we have the capability to terraform anywhere. And we also have the capability to choose what we're terraforming. You can terraform a swamp or you can terraform a fucking beach. You can pick one. Googling. One or the other mentally. What's that? Googling. <laughs> I love <it. laughs> I love Gary. I love him so much, man. Here's the thing. We discussed this in the last show. Here's what's happening right now that most people don't do. And I like giving Gary credit for this is that he actively tries to learn about his reality, life, people. He's genuinely curious and will stick it through to understand more. I always like that. I think more people could learn from you in that regard. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it uh, is just I don't like to feel stupid. And like that comes from childhood and, you know, teachers and other people putting, you know, they would put students down. There's one way to teach, one way to test. And if you didn't fit in that mold, you're dumb. You're the stupid kid. Couldn't read. Couldn't, like, you know, they put you on the spot. You can't read perfectly right off the bat. Everyone makes fun of you. And then you get a complex. And then, you know, you're screwed. So, or can't remember these facts exactly the way they taught them. Get a bad grade. Like, you're the dumb kid, you know? So, the older I get when people are talking about stuff, part of it is curiosity. Part of it's just not wanting to, like, be the person that doesn't know certain things. But I think more now it's the curiosity part because... I don't really care because as much. you're not stupid. Definitely not stupid. No, you only know what you know when you know it. It's, I right. love how people yes. judge you for things that you couldn't have even read yet. That's like when they go to other countries and yell at people for not being Christian. Like, but Christianity didn't exist here. You're telling me I'm bad. <laughs> but it was never here before. 
you know, you know, when we talk about Christianity and that that's just oh come on, it's a whole it's a whole bloody rule book indoctrinated by fear. You cannot do this, you cannot do that. It's all religion. Well, yeah. And do you know what? I'm sorry, but I live my life the way I choose to, whether people like me or not. That is not my problem. It's a hard that's a hard threshold to cross mentally. I struggle with it every single day. This show, art, anything that I'm doing, I struggle with what people will interpret it as, how they will judge it, will they accept it, all sorts of things. Or I'll sit and look at video of myself and tell myself all the reasons I shouldn't give it to the masses because of how I'm coming across in that video or how I look or what. I will judge myself to such a degree that I am now required to hire somebody else to put my shit out because if I make it, I'm not going to do it. It's going to just land in a pile. No, don't do that. Just, it doesn't matter. You know what? Put it out there. Don't judge yourself. Don't be so harsh on yourself. And, you know, when you look in the mirror, there's one exercise my dad gave when, when we were younger and I had a lot of issues with it, with it. But how many people can stand in front of the mirror and say to themselves, I love you? There's like a 0.001% of people that ever stand in front of the mirror and say that and mean it. <laughs> There's a difference. Yeah. You, can, you can walk that walk all day long, but it's also the definition of what you're loving. If you're loving your mask. If you're loving your ego, then it's fucking pointless anyway. You're loving your imagination. You're loving something that doesn't exist. You're loving your spider webs. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Everyone walks, dances around and prances around in this ball masquerade. I, I mentioned that in, in, in my book as well. And it's like, oh, my gosh. And for everything that they do, they put on a different mask, masking themselves rather than living authentically. And when we, when we had this, this thing going on with COVID and stuff, it was a double whammy because people, people already wore masks, so to speak, right? as a figure of speech, and then they wore it physically. And it's like, you're already masking your soul. Why are you masking yourself physically? Do you not understand the analogy of it? Across the board, there was so many, I mean, the pandemic was the stick and the spokes of the kid's tire on the bike. It, it fucked up everybody's mask. Everybody's mask came flying off because, they, and they try, it's funny, they would try to hold on to that bitch, but about, you can't do anything beyond a certain amount of time before it just becomes ridiculous. And you end up stopping yeah. and becoming yourself. I bet, I'll put it out there. I think more husbands and wives broke that I'm not going to fart around you scenario at about six months. Somebody you think, broke you think they, they went that long? Not even that long. I'm giving six months for the hardcore. But those relationships were like, no, I would never do that around, you know, or I'm not doing that. No, pandemic sitting in the house. And you know what? I bet they felt so much better. <laughs> it's a relief, you know, literally. But. You know what's so funny about this, right? Because, I mean, a lot of people have uh, slept themselves awake, but um, it, it's, it, it's kind of funny because the biggest dis-ease, right? I, I never call it disease. Dis-ease <laughs> is what we create within ourselves. We are either our greatest healer because we've got all the tools within or our worst enemy and we create that dis-ease within ourselves. <laughs> I like the dis-ease. Yeah. We don't like give it. enough credit to our emotional capabilities and how they can impact our physical well-being. Absolutely, because we live so much outside of ourselves, right? Whatever goes on in the world, and, and, and we're on this, on, on, in, in this red race of life, uh, trying to keep our heads above the water, right? Paying our bills, blah, blah, blah. That's not exactly how our soul was designed to live, but that's the... The paradigm that's been created and it deviates us away from expanding our consciousness now luckily i was i was bludgeoned to death with trauma and i finally had you know light bulb moments to figure it out so um but that doesn't mean it was it was easy you know and i'm still learning every day as you should i mean we should never be stagnant the moment that we're stagnant nope. then we're not we're giving up on life we're accepting whatever place that we decided was where we were going to pull our shoe, right? That's where we think that we're going to sit in the human eye the longest. The name of the game is not winning. The name of the game is getting to a point where you can pull your shoe 
and not fall and be able to stay there and have everybody look at you as a skydiver in the air, perfect, with no issues, just waiting to come down. And it's not the case. It's not the case. We want that. We want that so bad, but we don't have the capability of doing that because it doesn't exist. And I will challenge one small thing that you said, you know, we're not perfect. We're perfect. We're perfectly imperfect. Yes. But you know, there's another saying, I'll rephrase that for you. Our soul is pure. It's perfect. It's the mind that muddies the waters. Mm. The mind plays interference to keep the heart safe. The heart is pure and the mind develops fear responses to keep the heart from feeling pain. And over time, it becomes callous and it invents its own ways to prevent future pain. And those Ooh. inventions become your reality, the cage with which you operate within, the imaginary cage that you operate within that is actually some dome-shaped spiderweb once again. Mm. Yeah, you painted the lines right around you. I always say fear is the Darth Vader to your Jedi. It is, but yeah. as above, so below. Yes. Everybody's oh, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. Yes. Oh, you're going to make me watch Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of profoundness to, to that. That that yeah. light and dark that's within that is extremely profound. I think that we find those nuggets of truth within the arts of humanity over and over and over again. Like Avatar. Avatar spoke to such a huge degree about spirituality and the interconnectedness about, uh, of humanity and what we can be capable of if we're not disturbed or we respect what it is that we've been given. And I think that those messages come out in all these different books and music and movies. Yep. And every time we write those down, they come true. Yep. Do you know, by the way, human, human, right? You is light man. So we are light man. I gave you like kind of some sass when you said that. Like, you got some light, man. <laughs> <laughs> Like it hit my ears that way. I was like, yeah. I like that. Some light, yeah. man. <laughs> you need light for everything. You you do. That's exactly right. You do need light. And, and dialing in all the, yeah. the cameras, the shutter needs to be open longer when it's dark in order to get the whole picture in. So, you know, I don't know if that, that makes any sense. But That's a fucking great analogy. Up. No, you're, you're describing mindfulness right. at its fucking purest. Pay attention. Open your eye. Take in the whole picture before you make your judgment or understanding of it that's fucking great and if you're in, you're in the dark you're never going to get see the whole picture and then you're going to have to make assumptions based on what you don't see and what you don't know which is usually going to mm. open your aperture dumbass that's what i'm gonna start telling you, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you better check your aperture bitch <laughs> yeah. I want to. I want to see you get a road rage incident for that. He called me an aperture man. <laughs> I want. I want somebody googling it behind me as they drive fast. The fuck yeah. did he call me? Aperture. Watch your close your aperture, buddy. Check your iris. <laughs> People. But here's the thing. That person will create a reality where it's negative to be a fucking aperture. And they're creating a reality around this insult when literally you could have just called him grass, you know, yeah. shower cap, any other fucking word. But it's all about what you give it as your reality in your head. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, sometimes when people call each other names, right? I shrug my shoulders these days, but uh, because I always say, nah, it's not about me. It's about them and how it they is. feel about themselves. So it's all good. You know, <laughs> I still love them anyway. Shade and hate is the first time, uh, first sign of success. You know you're on the right path when people don't like you for being on that path. This is very true, but you know what? I, I like it. Like, yeah, this this is true. But I, like I said, it's okay. It's okay. And you know what the beauty about life is? Everyone vibes at a different level of consciousness. And uh, hey, Gary disappeared. We lost Gary. Well, Let's keep going. He'll be back in a minute, hopefully. If yeah, not, he'll be back. <laughs> But um, so it's okay. Everyone vibes at a different level of consciousness. And that's okay. Because if we were all the same, life would be boring, right? And that's where that duality comes in as well, the, the polarities. Because we couldn't learn if we didn't understand the difference between darkness and lightness. How could we ever evolve? That's why I believe we're a collection of all the same thoughts. Because you cannot judge somebody if you don't have that thought. 
It doesn't Absolutely. work without it. You have to know the converse. And that means you've contemplated it, you son of a bitch. That means you are one. It's not your turn to choose this thought. Then one of these incarnations, you're going to be that asshole. You're going to do something fucked up. You're going to do something heinous because that decision was yours this time. Oh, you know what? Now you're talking about past lives. Trust me. I've not been a goody two-shoes in all my past lives. Heck no. Heck no. I'm fucked up in this one, let alone others. (laughs) I don't even need to examine the others. This one, I've genuinely got fucking finger painted with the worst colors possible. Like, that's okay. <laughs> the word, but it was a foundation for what I'm doing now. I understand Absolutely. the trauma responses. Um, I grew up not in the best conditions, um, impoverished, mm-hmm. bullied really bad to the point where it was it, like things that didn't even apply to me. I was bullied for being transgender or gay or something like that. It wasn't mm-hmm. true. Like it wasn't even anything, but it was just a way to make me feel like less of a human to the point of throwing things out of cars, things like that. But you said something earlier about being grateful for the pain and struggles that you've been through. And I think that that is something that everybody should listen to and learn from because we're not supposed to judge. And if we're not supposed to judge, then our experiences aren't supposed to be judged either. More so in retrospect, we can't allow that. We're supposed to just learn and move on. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I don't, if people, like I said, if people judge me, it doesn't bother me. You know, it's fine. Um, I am who I am and I don't apologize for who I am and who I have become and who I will be becoming. Who would you you be apologizing to? Right? No one. Right? But in the past, I did. In the past, I did. That was different. Here's the thing. We're made one way. Mm -hmm. To act any other way is a slap in the face of whomever or whatever created you. It's as simple as that. Every effort to do something that is uncomfortable is going against who you are authentically. It's easy to be yourself. So easy. Get up. Walk around. If you want to make cartoon voices at your dog, jump up and down, act like a fool, give somebody a high five in Target, whatever it is, guess what? You were supposed to. You missed that opportunity because that human that you walked by, that you felt the urge to give a high five to out of nowhere, needed it. Yes. You fought it, but had you done it, guarantee it would have started something that it was supposed to start or could have started. Yes. You're denying humanity the gifts that you were given and you're selfishly keeping them to yourself at that point. Yeah. I rant. But that's because we've been so rigidly formed, right? So many people have been so incapacitated through the conditioning of of all the outside chatter as i call it and everything that's been going on in their lives so we have light man but i think yeah you're a real light man (laughs) but i think that you're a lighthouse and you're there on this journey to give other people something to model themselves after or to find a path i think that we have a duty that comes with discernment that we have to use our gifts, whatever they are, and bring that to the rest of the people in the world. I appreciate you. I think that that's what you're doing for humanity. I think you're damn good at it. I think people should pick up your book. I think they should look you up. They should look for speakings. I appreciate you coming on. Do you have anything that we didn't discuss that you would like to cover? I think we, we talked mostly about life. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean... We've talked about the transformational times. I mean, in my book, I also talk about the fact that there is no death. People, people have, I mean, that's so misconstrued because we die physically, but we can never die. I mean, we live on, of course. Uh, that, that's another thing that The fear I, of that death I, is the linchpin in a lot of the issues that we have as a being. Yep. But you know what? It's uh, that fear, right? That fear, as you know, means false evidence appearing real. It's an illusion. It's a big illusion. It's a big barrier that we've created in our own mind. But the thing is with death is that when the soul leaves the body, right, it rejoices up there. It's gone back home to the stars. And we that are left behind are are crying our eyes out, right? And they're like, up there, they're like, well, why are you crying? You know, I'm good. I'm fine. 
Um, so this is something that I do tackle in my book. It's the next frequency on the dial. It's as you spiritually grow, you will move stations, you will leave people at certain stations, and you will continue to draw upon the people around you that are at the frequency that you're at as you go yep. through life. But you can't be on the same level as the people that have finished this particular project until you turn the dial to the next station. And the next station is a different viewpoint on reality, a different yeah. perspective. It's a different being altogether. That's why I say it's funny you mentioned this. So I always say about life, you know, you had the old games of Donkey Kong um, you know, and, and I know where you're brothers, going with this. So, you're so right. Uh, you know, it's like, and it's like you play the game, right? You play the game and it's like, damn, I lost the life. And then it's like, you're going to do it again and again, because it ain't Jumanji because Jumanji, you have do-overs, right? Three, I think three lives and you remember. Right, but movie. anyhow, in this case, it's like, oh my God, I can't get this experience. Why am I such a dumbass? Right. And it's like, and finally you finish the level and it's like, oh my gosh, I now understand it. And then you go to the next level and the next experience and you keep expanding your awareness. And sometimes it gets tougher, but the tougher it gets, the more opportunities you have, you know, because the more challenging life is, the more opportunities you have to expand and to grow. And I think that's that's just really important. But many people just remain on that same level playing, oh shit, this has happened. Okay, let's try it Is again. it their fault? Okay. Yeah, you are your own creator. And yes, yes. Epigenetics would tell me. At any point, yes, you can. But epigenetics would tell me, yes, but epigenetics would tell me that I'm born with lenses. Like Benjamin Franklin's bifocals. It's not just the experiences that we get today that become a different lens each time that change the colors of Mm -hmm. what our reality is. Born with some. Mm -hmm. You get issued some of those lenses from day one, right? You can have a predisposition in any particular area based on those epigenetics or, you know, the descendants that you are from your family, your lineage. Um, Mm -hmm. But you are right. You can change after the fact. And you can also change that ancestral lineage. You can heal your ancestral lineage. Oh, yeah. You need a bucket. That's what I learned today. If you're going to cure your ancestral (laughs) lineage, bring a bucket. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, with Combo, that bucket was a happy yellow big bucket. And trust me, I was purging. What? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do some mind altering drugs right now and hand you this giant yellow bucket with a smile on it. Don't freak out. <laughs> that sounds like an insane asylum. No, I'm kidding. I, it's, I'm sure it's a beautiful experience. No, it was a beautiful experience. I am sure. Insane asylum. It is. Oh my god, it is an insane asylum. One hundred percent. When we're born, right? We get conditioned. We're on this drip feed, right? And. uh we look outside the window and we see the fence and we're like the wall. And some people, all of a sudden, they kind of wake up. They take out the drip feed and they're like, mm, let me let me hop the fence. Let me hop mm. the wall and see what's on the other That's side. That's evolution. See, yes. People don't realize that evolution is also the intangible. It's not just, you know, the animal grows a longer neck because the food is higher up in the air. You know, it's also there are higher spiritual foods. There are things that we're craving that will evolve to obtain. And that is also going to be levels of consciousness, understanding. We're going to grow. I think we are growing as a species. I think that we've written about it since the dawn of time. It's called so many different things, age of Aquarius, heaven, you know, a different nirvana, whatever it is. It's there for the taking. Um, It's actually there for the accepting. That's the funny Mm -hmm. part because we sit in a constant state of pushing it away, which we don't even realize either. We live looking out when we should be taking it in. It's weird. Um, I think we're we're running up on an hour now. Gary is fighting I'll his be internet. Oh my god! Yeah. Time flies. It does. Um, you're welcome back anytime. Obviously, I've genuinely uh, enjoyed speaking that. with you. Do you want to tell everybody where they can find your um, all of your books, your website, that kind yes. of stuff? So uh, my book, Becoming Authentically Me, it's only it's available worldwide on Amazon. Now, there's one thing I do want to add. So, I mean, it's about my life and all the trauma I've overcome. And it's infused with the channeled messages and exercises from the many masters and archangels who kind of take the mickey out of life. It's got a serious undertone. 
but they have an amazing sense of humor. They Love really, that. really do. And um, I've often been, it's often been said to me that I'm way ahead of my time. So this is not your run-of-the-mill book. It's never been written before. But um, as people have said to me, it's, it's actually encoded with healing when, when they've read it. Uh, and it's really made them think about life. That's super interesting and, that you say that it's encoded, because I think that's exactly what I was describing through the arts that we put forward when our creative passions are at their peak. Like when we're making things just to make them because we feel inclined to make them. I think that that's when we're writing those healing pathways for people. Um, I think yes. that they're, they're, whether they're conscious or unconscious is up to us, but we're going to write them irregardless in some way, shape or form. Um, and I think that's probably yep. why people find that that resonates with them. I see Gary's here, but not here. Uh, no, exactly. Oh, well, I can see that too. So um, I just unmuted I, him. I, Maybe that'll work. Gary, can you hear us? <laughs> well, we're <laughs> wrapping up anyway, brother. So yes. Gary keeps going back into mm -hmm. the Matrix. He was in the Matrix earlier today, too. No, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, yeah, you can find my book on Amazon, um, on Amazon Worldwide. And then you can find me on Facebook under Universal Light Warriors and the same on Instagram. And then I've got my website, which is powersoulhealing.com. Love it. Go out there and get some light, man. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> Thank you. And I love you too. I genuinely appreciate you. And remember, everybody, be cool and keep learning. What's up, academics? This episode is sponsored by PodPage. Build a beautiful podcast website in five minutes. Automatically create a beautiful listener-friendly podcast site from your RSS feed. So you can import your RSS feed into this site and it automatically generates everything for you. It puts in your artwork, puts in your show notes, puts in all those links, your guest info, everything right there. You get to customize the design to create a professional look that you'll be proud of in a few clicks. You don't have to have a coding background. You don't have to have technical knowledge. This is all plug and play. Choose the design you like, fit and tailored to your brand, the right colors, the right layout, so many different things to choose from. The templates are endless. So get out there, go to thetragedyacademy.com, click on the sponsors tab and help support the show by clicking the pod page link and purchasing your new site today. And remember academics, be cool and keep learning.